Here we go. Rejecting mm. the screen. Noah Kozlov, Adam Stenko, both out on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. We would appreciate if you shared the podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just hit those five stars. Leave a quick review. If you want to ask us questions about the podcast, certain topics to cover, just leave them all there as you leave your review on Apple Podcasts. That would be helpful. With you every Tuesday and Thursday on the Rejecting the Screen feed, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's talk NBA Finals before we get into what's next. Your biggest takeaway from the Lakers title is what? I have two, Noah. I have two takeaways for you, even though you said your biggest. One, the idea that the NBA pulled this off. I think we cannot ignore that and have to address that first. You talked about it before the, the bubble started, when it was just an idea, and we talked about those with the most to gain. And you said if Adam Silver is able to pull this off, and you could measure success in different ways, and no matter how you would have measured success, it's almost like LeBron's career. Whatever your, your greatest expectations were, Silver surpassed them. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had no reported positive COVID cases. We had excellent level of play. We had excitement from the fans. People got into it. The aesthetics were awesome. Um, there was intensity. And and no team gave up. I think that was the other big one, that uh, the level of competition stayed really high. And obviously, the Miami Heat winning uh, game five was the ultimate example of that. But you saw the Nuggets coming back twice from, from 3-1 deficits. Just the idea, we thought, too, teams would would sort of, you know, take their ball and go home. And, and we didn't see that when, when teams got down. Um, only now, one. Only, only one. Nuggets really fought their way back. <laughs> to be fair, the Heat fought, though. The Heat fought in the finals. I mean, game yeah, six. Game five, sure. But the finals is different. The yeah, okay. Different okay. Then. Okay. I'll accept all that. But but totally. I, that's, that's first and foremost. Um, and... The other part to me that that stood out, honestly, Noah, is for I say all of that. And the secondary part for me is as as wonderful and as great and as as the high level of play that we saw from LeBron and from Anthony Davis and really overall from the Lakers or the performance in the finals was awesome. I couldn't keep escaping the fact that so many of these scenarios would have changed had we had fans, and we'd been in a normal environment. And so the the mental focus we talked about prior to the bubble I thought was amazing, and I, and I think all credit should be due. And I don't, in hindsight, think there should be an asterisk. I think, I think that th- this was different. It was a challenge and all that kind of stuff. But I also looked at games on an individual basis and said, man, like even from the Heat's perspective, do they hit six free throws in the final minute of the game, go six of six from the line? If they're at Staples Center, Game Six, do the Lakers completely embarrass and blow out the Heat in front of the Heat's home crowd? No chance that that happens. The shooting performances that we saw throughout the bubble, no chance they happen. The scoring performances, so so I, it's a weird paradox because I'm glad that we had this amazing experience, this once in a lifetime thing. I don't think we'll see it again, and we'll get to that later in the podcast. But I think my overall takeaway is. As great as it was to see the Lakers do what they did, and they were 
the first team in 10 years to not play a one or two seed in the playoffs, by the way, but and win a championship. But I will say, in spite of what they accomplished and what they did, and as great as they looked and defensively they were amazing, I I couldn't shake the fact that it would have just felt so different if we saw these playoffs. And I kind of feel in a way as fans, once again, we got robbed because of COVID. We got robbed in that way, but we certainly benefited from having something. And I think that's the, mm-hmm. like the microcosm of life at the moment is, all right, we've got to just, we got to take what we, what we do have, what we do have access to and not think about what we used to have. Just be, try to be at least try to be happy with what is in front of us instead of just constantly pining for what we used to have. And mm-hmm. I think that could be related to our broadcasters question last week that we got into what we want to see from finals broadcasters. I don't want to hear anymore, especially on the biggest of stages, what the game used to be like, or what's wrong with this, what's wrong with that. Just talk about what's in the present and let me know what should be happening X's and O's wise right now. Not, well, if Charles Oakley was out there, here's what would have happened. I don't want to hear that because it doesn't pertain to what is happening in the present. So I think my biggest takeaway is the actual presence. What we saw was special, what the NBA pulled off. And if you don't want to put an asterisk next to it, I'm okay. I think the asterisk itself, as I've thought about this ever since saying <laughs> that there's an, there should be an asterisk because of just how different it is, I'll go with that on basketball reference or wherever the, this title and this season, well, restart. And even Adam Silver said the restart season is mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think it should just be in italics. Like on basketball reference, yes. they have, they have everything bolded for if you led the league in that category. Yes. Yes. I just think wherever you see 19 dash 20, I just think it should be in italics for all time so that nobody forgets what this quote-unquote season was. I mean, the the Phoenix Suns were never going to win eight straight games during the real 1920 season. It wasn't going to happen. The Miami Heat likely weren't getting to the NBA Finals if this season had just continued as it did. So I think 1920 just needs to be in italics if you're more comfortable with that versus the negative connotation that comes along with asterisks. I think that is a wonderful way to put it. And I think your first point is, is poignant. I think we all need to take a step back. And I think I was frustrated. I've been frustrated. Of course, we've had many conversations about stuff that'll grab headlines and that we'll probably put even to title our podcast, LeBron versus MJ and goat conversations and all that. I almost get annoyed because we we do that too much as is, and now taking this instance, we're doing it too much. And I and I had a thought today. No, I I actually watched uh, the Muse, the the Kobe Bryant, um, Chopra um, mm-hmm. documentary, if you will, about, you know about the, the end of his career and him him reflecting on on his career. It made me think like the. The ultimate tribute to Kobe wasn't actually the Lakers winning this thing or or LeBron winning it and and having goat talk. But in a way, if you think about it, 
Kobe was all about the moment. And in a weird way too, like he was about his bat, his basketball brilliance was, was what he did in isolation in a way. It's what he did away from the fans. The stories you and I always ask our guests when they knew Kobe or played against him with him, what have you. Hey, what's your best Kobe workout story? What's your best Kobe competitive nature story? Oh, he did this. He got Ronnie Price to show up at you know <laughs> 6 a.m. Then he showed up at 5.30. They didn't bring a basketball and they worked on defensive slides for four hours. Like Those are the things. So in a weird way, the bubble in a way is the ultimate tribute to Kobe that like, the bubble was a way for these guys to we, – we got to see basketball in a way in its purest form. And it was kind of cool to see them compete for each other, to see the benches get really into it, to see their families there and not have a lot of the things that – you know I, I know it's kind of counter to what I was saying earlier about what we got robbed of because I do love the, the aesthetics of having the fans there, but I also at the same time love the idea that we had – it's almost like that back-of-the-bus question – we always ask about, hey, who do you want at the end of a game or, or who do you want to reject the screen, go ISO? In this case, it's like, hey, if we put these two teams together, neutral floor, you know, in a quiet gym, playing a pickup game almost, but they have coaches and all, who wins? And I think that we got a chance to see that. And I don't think anything would have delighted Kobe more from a basketball perspective than to see this. And, of course, if he would have had the chance to, to partake in it. Right. Who's working the hardest on his own? Mm-hmm. who's manufacturing that type of chip on their shoulder and who's manufacturing the the negativity to try to overcome that. Speaking of that, LeBron wants respect. I don't know how much more respect he can get, <laughs> but he's already manufacturing something for next season. RockAuto.com, a family business like the Lakers have been for all these years and been mm. serving the Los Angeles area for well longer than rockauto.com has been in business. But the Lakers have had all the parts needed to mm. win now 17 titles, if you count the ones from Minneapolis, just like rockauto.com has everything you need for your car or truck. It's got a really easy-to-navigate catalog. You can see all the parts you need the specifications, the brands, the prices. And just like LeBron himself, they're extremely reliable. As LeBron said, I'm always there. Your best availability is reliability. And yes, sir. he's always there. He doesn't, doesn't miss games in the playoffs. Doesn't miss anything really ever for injury. Mm-hmm. And rockauto.com, Prices are reliably low and the same for the professionals and the two of us. So if you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then you'll see that how did you hear about us box. Type in locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D space on, locked on, so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. For a while, we've been telling you about Built Bar. Now we're going to tell you about Built Go. Do you find yourself, Adam, before you work out, that there mm-hmm. is some sort of wall that you hit that you need to fight through to work out? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that mental roadblock, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's sort of this, how do I get my body ready 
for what I'm about to put it through. How about that? So, so Marissa wakes up in the morning, 5.30, and does a Pilates class in our apartment. Okay. I can't do that. I did it a few times, and I my body just isn't ready for it. I'm not mm -hmm. flexible enough. I'm not energized enough. So I'll do it later in the day. And ever since this partnership we've had here at Lockdown with Built Go, I'll, I'll take one of the Built Go and then get on with my workout. So it's, it's not an energy drink. It's a, it's a liquid, but it's not an energy drink. And it comes in an ounce and a half package and you just squeeze it right into your mouth. And mm -hmm. there's the coconut, chocolate coconut, and there's a peanut butter honey. And just like the built bars, these are great tasting and they do a great job to get you set up for your workout. Again, like the built bars, I put them in the refrigerator. There's the chocolate coconut, as I mentioned, the peanut butter honey, and the and the chocolate mint. And you get the energy you need without that awful crash later on. They've got the collagen protein, which is really fast absorbing, so it gets into your system quickly, and you don't get an upset stomach either. And that promotes joint health, soft tissue health, hair health, and skin health. So if you go to builtgo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. LeBron said he needs respect himself. <laughs> he needs the respect. The LeBron, after winning the title on Sunday night, is building his MVP campaign for next season. Now, he's done this in the past, and it's been a reason why I've oftentimes put LeBron on the preseason. I think this was in 17, why, he put him, why I picked him to win MVP that season or the following season because of what he's done in the finals all these years that that would stick in the heads of regular season MVP voters. So it seems like the respect that LeBron is asking for is the MVP every year mm -hmm. and or I don't know who, but for it to become commonplace to hear that he's the greatest of all time. I don't know exactly who needs to say it, I don't know whose voice carries the most weight or who he's at. Is there one specific person he's waiting for to say LeBron James is the greatest? But when the conversation consistently is and will continue to be, well, it's either LeBron or Jordan. I don't know how much more respect you could possibly garner. No, I, I think you're absolutely right, Noah. When he says after the game that what are they going to say now, I I come back to like who's the they? I, I I'm I'm <laughs> so stay, so stay there stay there for a moment because 
I almost tweeted last night and then I decided not really to tweet anything, but I typed it up and deleted it. I, I, I did tweet, I did have this as a something written. How about this? We all agreed to not use Skip Bayless as they or people. <laughs> because that's that's what it is. It's Skip Bayless. And yes. it turns into they and people. That's exactly what it is. Michael Jordan and all all the greats found ways to motivate themselves. But but MJ is the ultimate self-motivator because he was self-motivator, but he, his motivation came from others, whether it was real or or imagined, whether it was LeBradford Smith slighting him, a story he told himself that didn't happen, right. or whether it was his high school coach who didn't put him on the varsity when he was a sophomore or you know, you, you go down the list of, of MJ's career and we can and we can count all the guys and all the things he said to others and all the things that, you know, people questioned him or thought they were the man or or other people were saying that they were going to be the next MJ. And what's interesting is in this Twitter world that we're living in, you don't have to go far to get that motivation. You could type in a search for LeBron sucks. LeBron overrated, LeBron can't shoot, LeBron's not clutch, and you will find hundreds of people tweeting about whatever that subject is. Because guess what? There's a stream of consciousness taking place. There are a bunch of people hanging out in their homes who just decide to tweet this, most of whom think it'll never get seen by anyone. So if you want to find that motivation, and we know other guys have done it enough to make burner accounts looking at you, Kevin Durant, but like, if you if LeBron wants to find that motivation himself, he can go do that. And you're right. If there's one person who embodies what it is that he thinks this dis where this disrespect is coming from, it's Skip Bayless. It's like I said during the finals when Mark Jackson uh, made the comment about how you know that LeBron he also basically said he's not getting the respect that that he needs. People need to respect LeBron more. And I'm thinking. Who are these people? Even his biggest, if you're a basketball person and you are a serious follower of basketball, whether it's an analyst, coach, player, rival, former player, whatever it is, if you're talking about LeBron, you there's there's places you can still be critical of his game or a shot or things he did or maybe even a decision he made, certainly not the pass in game five. I'm not going to criticize that. But there are things you can critique but none of those people are saying that LeBron is not one of the greatest players who ever lived. If the disrespect, if disrespect means you're no worse on anybody's list than the fifth greatest player of all time, and most lists you're the second best player of all time, then I hope I'm disrespected that much in my own household. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. And, and I get I, at a certain point, you're looking for some internal motivation. But I also remember LeBron had the quote this year also. Uh, I think I think it was this year, but he definitely had the quote when he said, oh, you know, after I came back game three, I mean, down three one in the NBA finals after we came back as a Cavs team and won the championship. Yeah, that's when I became the greatest player of all time. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. 
you are the only one who doesn't get to determine that. Like, it's like giving yourself, like, a, it's like giving yourself a nickname. It is. It is. Like, anyway, like, so, but here's the thing. If he thinks that, and of course, that was what Jordan was always chasing. That's what the greats are chasing. And, and I guess the standard changes, though, because in a way, Jordan was chasing being on the pedestal with Bird and Magic and surpassing them. That's what, that's what his goal was. And LeBron's goal is to be the greatest of all time. And somebody else's will be to be Skip Bayless's greatest of all time. Whatever your, your motivation is, and it drives you. The one thing I will say is for a guy to work at his age at the level he does and compete as hard as he does, the offensive rebounds we saw in this series, uh, the decision-making, the leadership, and as I said in a previous podcast, Noah, the fact that he was relying on his jumper for a large portion of the way he was killing the opponents, just totally remarkable I love that about great players, how they just keep adding to their games as their careers go on. And the one thing I think there is no argument for, and I'm now convinced of it, LeBron has had the single greatest career of any player in NBA history. I absolutely agree. And there's a difference between the prime of Jordan versus Mm -hmm. the career of LeBron. But last week on the program, I said, why are we still comparing? Doesn't this say enough about LeBron that we're comparing year 17 of LeBron to prime Jordan. So this is how long LeBron's prime has been that in year 17, you could tell me I put LeBron on any team in the league and I'm going to likely pick that team to go to the finals, any team in the league. You Mm -hmm. put LeBron on the Grizzlies in the finals. You put LeBron on the Orlando magic in the finals. Year 17, yeah, we're always hearing about the comparisons to prime Jordan, and here's LeBron still in a prime at year 17. He was on Scott Van Pelt last night, or on Sunday night, and, he, and Scott Van Pelt was asking him about 27-year-old LeBron when he won his first title and 35-year-old LeBron, and, and LeBron said 35-year-old LeBron would destroy 27-year-old LeBron, would destroy him. And I think that's true. For what I know about the game in my head, I, I'd mentally destroy 27-year-old LeBron. I've, I brought it up before, and I, I posted the picture of uh, last night about watching LeBron at ABCD camp. So there's a picture that I have of it, and I posted it last night on, on Twitter. And the first time, I, I've said this before, the first time I ever saw LeBron James at ABCD camp in New Jersey, he's going into his junior year. He's a rising junior. And we had heard that LeBron James was there. He'd just been named All-American. No one saw a video of him his sophomore year of, of high school. But he'd been named All-American, like Parade All-American. And everyone's like, where's LeBron? We keep hearing about LeBron. Where's LeBron? So my, I brought my brother to the camp, and I'm covering it. I'm sitting there, and we're looking at the baseline. And we knew LeBron was playing in the game. But if you've been to one of those, as I know you have, you go to these summer camps and guys are wearing like 596 is their number. And so, so you're trying to figure out which kid on the court is this, a bunch of athletes, all this stuff. A guy is top of the key. No joke. First time I ever saw him. Guy's top of the key, throws a pass to the wing. LeBron reaches out, tips it. Ball's now going. He's playing defense. Ball's going out of bounds. He dives for it, saves it behind his back. One move. And in one move, saves it behind his back and throws down court so a teammate can have a full court layup. The kid blows the layup, 
LeBron comes in, follows it up with a dunk, and we just look at each other like, <laughs> I guess that's LeBron. And and to think that that kid at that moment, though, that I watched at that camp and then ended up following it, seeing live a ton when he was in high school. I saw him play at IS8 in Brooklyn with Sebastian Telfair when they did a Slam magazine cover together. And LeBron came off a plane and played in Sebastian's AAU game and played the worst game of his life in front of a bunch of guys in New York City. He had no idea about the court, the, the, the city, where he was going. He just stepped on the court and played and tried to get others involved. Seeing that guy who was this unbelievable visionary who was so creative and so talented, but to see what he's now become where he like almost feels like Shaq on the court. He's such a dominant force of nature, but still has his passing skills led the league in passing this year. I think what he just said about, about 35 year old LeBron, I think is spot on. I, it might be the best he's, he's ever played. All right. Now what? Now I've long heard Adam that the, League isn't going to start until Martin Luther King Day, the earliest. I've been hearing this for months. And that it's going to be February or March, more than likely. And that they are laser focused on having fans in the building. But we are no doubt going to see another set of circumstances this offseason that no player has ever dealt with before. It's an offseason when... It should be the regular season. Mm -hmm. Guys in different climates are going to be looking up, whoa, I play for the Pistons and it's December, but I'm working out on a beach in LA. It's going to throw, bod it's going to throw bodies off. It's, it, it'll mess with your mind a bit. And we don't know how long the offseason is going to be. Mm -hmm. The players don't know that either. So the rev up for camp, whatever that's going to look like. The schedule is going to be different. Things are going to have to get really, really creative on so many different ends. We just don't know. We don't know what the world is going to look like in 30 minutes, let alone what the NBA season is going to look like whenever it starts. The idea that kids who play high-level basketball don't ever have an offseason. And, and I've often watched this with, with guys that transfer in, in, at the college level is that they, they have a transfer season and they've never gone through an experience like that. It's, it's really difficult to deal with to not play games for such a large period of time because basketball is a year-round sport. And, and anyone that knows, it's not just your, your school season that matters, of course. Over the last couple of decades, it's completely turned over to where it's all about your AAU team. It's about the summer camp scene. It's about what are you doing in the summers? It used to be just to improve your individual skills. Now you're playing tons of games over the summer and you're traveling a lot at the youth level and the grassroots level. And then you get up to the college level. And, and again, it's you're playing just tons of games and the toll it's taken on your body, but also it's just what you're used to. You're in that rhythm. And to your point, we're now going to have athletes who are going to be out of that rhythm. And we don't know what it will do. And you talked about it again before the bubble, talking about how important mental focus was. Think about how important mental focus is going to be now when all of a sudden we get pushback about when the season is going to start, when the season is going to start. It was one thing to know that the season was on pause and we were waiting for this potential bubble or maybe even the, the NBA would return and we'd come back to arenas, but there wouldn't be any fans there. At least that way, guys were still staying in shape, staying motivated. Coaches were still on them. If this extends out and cases get worse and worse and worse, and we know they will, and what does it end up meaning if we end up having 
deaths of athletes, let's say, or people very close to athletes' families. We've already seen. I mean, think about it. Avery Bradley should have been a key component to this Lakers team and opted out. We forget that. And that's the basketball side. I mean, that's the that's the life side of this. And then, Noah, there's the basketball side, which is incredible to think about. How great of a place is the NBA at right now, which is, again, something we're going to get robbed of. When you think about what we should be expecting in a return, and we don't know when that return will be. Just think about the Eastern Conference. Giannis, for people that don't know, he's still under contract with the Bucs for the 2021 season. You've got Kyrie and KD returning for the Nets under Steve Nash's direction, which should just be awesome. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown leading the Celtics. Plus, of course, they had a very good rookie class that's going to get much better. Think about the Heat now when they actually have healthy guys and you've got the development after Bam and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson experienced a finals with Jimmy Butler leading them. The Sixers now under Doc Rivers. I mean, you just go down the list. John Wall is going to be healthy for the first time in who knows how long. I mean, all these things, maybe. Okay, so there's one thing that we might not be able to count on. But I but I just continually look, and of course you can't forget Kobe White and that young core in Chicago, uh, their development. And we even asked, you know, our, our last guest about his his um time in the bubble, Ben Golliver, Washington Post said we discussed with him the idea of how things will be impacted because the teams in the bubble, especially those who had an extended period of time together, like how no, those relationships are going to impact the league for years to come. Are guys going to team up because they became friends during their time going fishing together in the bubble or shopping at the Disney gift store or getting haircuts together? I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see where the league goes. But in terms of the talent level, the work ethic, the maturity, the intelligence of these guys, it's weird because I don't think the league has ever been at a better place. And yet we don't know when we're going to see this thing resume again. Here's how the league could have been in an even better place. Last night on the, during the trophy presentation and the celebration and all the post-game interviews, in a bubble where players use their voices in appropriate ways and powerful ways for what they believe in most, I didn't hear any of them say, Laker Nation, please do not celebrate. Yes. In a mass gathering anywhere. Stay inside. Get on FaceTime. LeBron gave a shout out to Steve Jobs for FaceTime to be able to keep families together and seeing each other. He could have used that to say, fans, that's how you should be celebrating. That I. I'm praying that the celebration outside Staples doesn't become some super spreader event. Jeannie Buss did say we will celebrate when it's safe to do so. But we all know that if it had come from LeBron or even Anthony Davis, it would have meant it would have meant a whole lot more. And that disappointed me a bit. I love Slam Magazine, now Slam Online. Love their Twitter account. I, I love the, the content they produced for years and years and all the great writers that have come out of there. They had a tweet last night that, that showed all the fans celebrating outside Staples Center. And it literally said, Staples Center is the place to be right now. And, and, 
and and I, I I was so frustrated. Said you cannot be promoting this. This is this is exactly what we're asking. There's no reason. There's no justification. We all want this thing to end. And and if there's one thing that you and I have have preached, even even as excited as we were about the bubble and trying to make sense of what it was going to be and whether we should get excited over it. And again, it's, as we said at the beginning, surpassed all expectation. But one thing that, that we talked about in the beginning was that we didn't want this to normalize. We didn't want people thinking that this means that COVID is over. And, and I would think rational, normal people know this. And then I watched the Lakers win a title and people go out and, and celebrate together and they become a, a super spreader event. And I just think that we have to do a better job. And whether it's us having a platform, whether it's the players who have a platform, we need to tell people, please, just wear a mask, stay away from each other. If for no other reason, no other reason, then this thing can end soon enough and we can go back to resuming what it is that that we were used to doing before. Right. The reason why these players were able to have and the league was able to have a restart of the season was to completely isolate themselves from anybody else. And we, we saw it a bunch from media. Kevin O'Connor, I responded to him last night on Twitter about this could be an example for how we should be operating our country. And I, and I wrote, Kevin, this is not real life. What happened in the bubble, unfortunately, cannot be happening. We cannot all be getting tests every single day and results within 12 hours and having food rooms set up for all of us. That, that is not real life. That is how one privately run organization was able to handle their business. And we're, yep. we're lucky that they were able to do so. And the players are lucky they were able to do so. And the league is fortunate to be able to do so. It's not real life. But here's to hoping that whatever real life is, it turns with some sort of civility sometime soon. We're with you every Tuesday and Thursday here on the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Thursday, the Going ISO edition, long form edition. Recently, Danny Shays with some terrific stories from his 18 years of his career. But you can go back and listen to all these. Rex Walters, Vin Baker, Kevin Willis, Richard Jefferson, Peter Vesey. Just want to be entertained. Just go into the Rejecting the Screen feed and click on any of the Going ISO editions. And mm. you will be entertained for about 45 minutes to an hour with stories that you have never heard before. Adam is on Twitter at Naismith Lives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. We're on Instagram sometimes at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. On the Locked On Podcast Network, where numbers continue to rise, Locked On NBA five days a week, Locked On Fantasy Hoops, Josh Lloyd, Hollinger, and Duncan, and your team every day, all 30 teams every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network, not just for the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and tons of college sports. So find your team every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.